1: So, in the first... song called Seven Souls, a very apropos song uh, to begin my conversation with Joyce Keller. Uh, Joyce Keller is an internationally known visionary, author, radio and TV host, and the author of six best-selling books. She's also been a columnist for Lifetime Television and uh, happens to be a certified hypnotherapist as well. Joyce, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Hey, Frank, that's 11 books. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: I I, I have some catching (laughs) up to do. I'm a little behind on my reading. No, 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 that's fine. But I wanted to uh, really acknowledge, first of all, thank you very much for this opportunity. And also, I wanted to tell you at the beginning of your show, you mentioned the radio icons, Barry Farber, Joe Franklin, Bob Grant, And uh, we had previously discussed Gene Shepard. Well, you know, I knew all of these people personally. I read all of them. And they're all radio icons. And you are right up there with them. Oh, well. Thank you for having me You're you're very
1: (laughs) kind to say that, uh, Joyce. Thank you. Uh, So, Joyce, explain to folks, because I think our audience is pretty mixed between – Uh, skeptics, people that don't even believe that being a psychic or a medium is possible, and people that are strong believers in uh, psychic ability and uh, the ability to be a medium. Explain to folks, wherever they fall on the skeptic spectrum, what it is that you actually do, and when did you realize that you had uh, something of an ability or a gift to do things that other people don't routinely do?
0: Oh, it's a great question, Frank. Thank you. Well, you know what? My mother was a great medium. And by the way, a psychic is different from a medium, but you can be both. We're all psychic all the time. We just don't know it. Like, you know, should you move your car? All of that is like your higher consciousness speaking with you. But if you're a medium, you're in contact with those who have departed or the spirit world. So whether you believe it or not, it really doesn't matter. What really helps a lot is going on the web to near-death experiences and seeing that people are finally coming out and saying, yeah, that happened to me. I really died. I died on the operating table, or I died, God forbid, in an accident, and I crossed over. But they didn't go all the way. They were able to come back and talk to us and tell us what's really going on. And if if death continues, uh, do we really die? Is there such a thing as dying? I don't believe so. I think it's, just a continuation. So a lot of the people who have had near-death experiences are now coming out of the closet, and they're they're speaking and telling about these experiences, and they're amazing. And the the determining factor, in my opinion, of when they actually die is the the severing of the silver cord. You can go through the tunnel, you can have all of those experiences. Of the
1: the severing of the
0: silver cord, you said? Right. Now, in this Culture, we really don't acknowledge that. But in the Indian culture in India, they have always spoken about the antakarana. Second, you don't have to remember that, but that's the silver cord. And uh, Shirley MacLaine wrote about this years and years ago, and she actually showed it in uh, the the work that she did. When we actually die and you can't come back into your physical body, that's the severing of the cord that connects us to our Godhead or to the Oversoul, And that's really the determining factor. So that's, I don't know what your question was, but that's my answer. In any case, uh, you don't have to believe. A lot of people who do not believe in life after death or anything spiritual are having near-death experiences. And they're saying, whoa, that, <laughs> life really does go on. You don't die at death. What, and, uh,
1: what's a, what's a common theme in a near-death experience or for near-death experiences that people may have?
0: Okay. They, I guess the best answer to that would be if you read the works of the Indian woman, uh, Anita Moshani. she actually physically died. She had a terminal illness and she, she died. And you ask the determining factor. Is that what you asked, Frank?
1: No, I asked if there were common themes among near-death experiences that people have.
0: Uh, the common theme is going into the light. Now, you can go into the, quote, unquote" light and come back. You don't have to stay there, but it's so glorious and so loving. And I've had that experience at least a couple of times where you go directly into this loving, embracing, warm feeling where you just don't want to go back to the earth with all its problems and the the difficulties. And I think um, that's one thing that everyone experiences. They have that glorious light that welcomes them in and makes you feel like God really does love us or created for a good reason. They don't have to believe in anything or not believe in anything. I love the fact that you're actually a reverend. Um, You said you are um, you have become a minister of the universal life church. Yeah, it was really, right?
1: it's really just to, to marry people. But, uh, but
0: you know, I, I,
1: uh, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I like, I'd like to think I, I, uh, I fit the bill well. I, I certainly enjoy that. Um, but, um, uh, Joyce, tell me about your most recent book, which I guess is number 11. And I'm sorry, I said, uh, I'm sorry, I said <laughs> six earlier. Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: six is, it's a six, 11. What does it matter? I, I sort of lost count. Um i oh, go ahead, Frank. I'm sorry. No, so tell me about it. Okay, it's the joy of miracles, and people who know me call me Joy. I'd like to think that I bring a little, <laughs> a little bit of lightness <laughs> to the planet. No doubt, and sure. uh, make people laugh. You know, we have fun, and uh, uh, that's what this book is about. I finally was able to write about my experiences, and by that I mean the first ten books I wrote were like Simon and Schuster said. Well, you have to write about Uh, connecting to spirit loved ones and all that. So I did all of that. And finally, with this book with Amazon, I said, they don't care what I write. So I'm going to write about me and the incredible experiences I've had. So I, I wrote about a lot of that. And that's basically what it's about. It's the joy of miracles. And a miracle is simply something we don't understand. You know, what we consider now a miracle, a shooting star, you know, it's like whatever. We'll understand it in a few years. So... It's just a personal encounter of these incredible experiences I have, like going to the Godhead and uh, meeting with uh, being a part of Joan River's life and Regis Philbin and all the people that uh, we've known in our past. you know i've I've crossed paths with everyone practically i've I've been very, very fortunate, and now I'm meeting you, Frank. so thank you,
1: oh, absolutely. Now, when was the first time that you communicated with someone who was dead?
0: I was very, very lucky because uh, I don't really believe in luck, but let's say I was born to a great mother, and my mother was a terrific medium, and she thought it was normal to do this, (laughs) to, to do this work and to connect with spirit. She wasn't able to physically walk. She was handicapped. So she spent a lot of time in stillness, which is so important, and being alone and being quiet and allowing God's energy to come through. So my mother was very, very good at this. So when I came along, I was two and three years old, and she would say to me, well, let's analyze our dreams. and Let's talk to spirits. And I thought that was normal. And it turned out that it wasn't normal at all. <laughs> so she, she warned me. This was quite a while ago. My mother warned me. She said, don't talk to anybody about this because they will think you're crazy, you'll have problems, keep it to yourself." So I said, sure, okay, mom, whatever. So I, I started kindergarten, first day in school, you know, starting kindergarten is a lot of uh, robust activity and I realized that my my kindergarten teacher has a problem and I'm remembering what my mother said she said, don't talk to anybody. <laughs> So I called the teacher over and I said, um, I'm sorry, Ms. Harris, but you have to go home because your mommy is sick. I had a very clear impression of, of um, my kindergarten teacher's mother going into an ambulance and being really sick. So she looked at me directly in the eyes and she you know, came down to my level and she said, if you ever speak for the rest of the year, you're spending the whole year in the principal's office. She said, my mother's not sick, my mother's fine. I'm not going home. It's the first day of school. I'm like, okay, fine, okay. So I just sort of shuddered and shut down. I realized that my mother was right, that I, you can't really speak about this stuff. So the next day, second day of kindergarten, I went back in reluctantly, <laughs> and Miss Harris came <laughs> over to me again. And she said, Joyce, remember yesterday <laughs> when you told me to go home because my mommy was sick? I said, no, I don't remember that." <laughs> It. <laughs> she said, at that moment, my mother was having a heart attack and was calling my name. Wow. And she said, how did, you know, how did you know that? I said, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. And then she looked at me directly in the eyes, again, Frank, and she said, she took my hand and she said, am I ever getting married? <laughs> she wanted a reading for a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was it.
1: That was the first time that you knew you had an ability to do things that other people couldn't.
0: I think we all can do it, Frank. You know, it's like I was very fortunate that my mother led me along that path and she was a great teacher. And then over the years, I've uh, made points of studying and learning and trying to be as discreet as possible, <laughs> I, even though it's not always difficult. And I was on with the amazing Randy on Oprah. Do you remember Randy? Sure, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I was on with Randy a couple of times and also uh I was on with Randy on the Regis Philbin show and Merv Griffin also. <laughs> it's like they really put me through a ringer. And supposedly if if you couldn't prove that you if you could prove that you were real, he would give you a, a crumpled check that he kept in his pocket. I never got anything. <laughs> so I've I really uh gotten tired of trying to debunk or trying uh, not to be debunked or, you know, trying to prove anything. But what's really great now is that the planet's energy is changing, Frank, as you know, and you as a minister know this, and as a very sensitive person, and I heard you say before, you you wanted to be a, a, a judge. <laughs> you should have been a judge or um, a, a civic Service
1: advocate, yeah. I think you said. Well, yeah, but yeah. um, and we're, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Joyce Keller. By the way, Joyce, uh, I got a few complaints from listeners that apparently your website is down at the moment. So uh, maybe because you're on the show, there's so many people trying to log on that we uh, that we crashed it. But uh, you may want to look into that. But normally, folks Thank can you. Thank you. can reach you at uh, JoyceKeller.com. But, but Joyce, just so I understand, the act of uh, being a medium you're able to communicate with people that have passed on, right?
0: Yes. And it's done mostly, I think we all do it. We go to sleep and it seems normal that you're speaking. You may or may not be speaking to someone who has departed. It seems like a normal thing, but if we did it when we're awake, it seems very odd. By the way, thank you for telling me about my website. I have sure. no idea about yeah. that, but it was fine a little while ago. Um, It's a matter of not doubting ourselves. Like if someone has passed away and they're speaking with us or you have a feeling or you have chills or they're they're leaving you a feather or a flower or something or a penny, my husband passed away. And he leaves me quarters all the time. I'm thinking, oh, that's pretty good. That's money. <laughs> he gave me a lot of times. So but that's really great. No, he's
1: but, a pretty um, good guy. So let's say someone comes to you for a reading, someone, uh, whether it's be via telephone or it's in person, and they want you to be the channel for them to communicate with a, uh, a a loved one that's passed on, are they able to pick anyone that's died and you're able to find that person? Or does do you have to kind of deal with whatever dead loved one um, happens to want to communicate with them? How does it work?
0: <laughs> Great question. Well, you know what? Some people don't want to communicate after they pass away Mm -hmm. they don't they're they're shy or they don't really know how to do it and here we are in the physical body we're reaching out to them and they're saying which i don't know it's like um it's it's challenging experience for them because angels are involved with that and they have to be led or guided so you can't always get the person you want Uh, you can get some people usually you're you're angels will bring in somebody for you, but it's not always the person you want. You might be surprised that it's an uncle instead of a mother, but it's just that they are more courageous. It takes courage on their part to cross over. So you have to let down your um, defenses in a way. You have to ask for protection. I always ask God to protect me. I always have water nearby. And I just try to bring in their energy. As You know, I always crying and reconnecting. It's always a beautiful experience. I've never had a negative experience ever, other than the amazing Randy. <laughs> that was even that wasn't so bad.
1: <laughs> I so. can imagine. I can imagine. Um, talking with uh, Joyce uh, Joyce Keller, her uh, latest book is uh, "The Joy of Miracles." Uh, she has been named one of the top one hundred psychics in America and uh she is uh, somebody that has been on a- every radio and TV show there is uh talking about uh this kind of a thing. If someone uh, you in- said something that I found very interesting Joyce which is that everybody might have the ability to do this sort of thing. How does someone hone their abilities to either have psychic abilities or to uh communicate with someone that's passed on? How does someone begin?
0: That's great. Thank you for asking that Frank. The best way is just to be alone or to be in a place of meditation and prayer. You start with prayer, and then you sit quietly and you listen. And I know we all have monkey minds and we're all over the place, but you try to just be in nature if possible. Like if you could be in grass, like put your feet in grass or be by water, body of water is even better, in the woods, whatever you can relate to mountains, and just ask God to help you and say, I really would like this communication. You sit as quietly as you can. Meditation is the answer. Prayer and meditation. So that you go on the web and you find out different types of meditation. And there are so many. You can resonate to whatever is good for you. It's basically just sitting and listening, letting the energy flow in. And you'll hear a little something from a departed loved one eventually. You know, have faith. Well, uh, it's
1: and yeah, it's, uh, it's a fascinating subject. I want to encourage everybody who's interested in learning more to check out your book, uh, The Joy of Miracles. Uh, Joyce Keller, a real treat to talk with you. I hope we can do this again soon.
0: Frank, I can't thank you enough. I just absolutely love you, and I love your crew also. Thank you, Frank.
1: That's very kind. Thank you, Joyce. I'll look forward to uh, doing this again soon. Have a great weekend. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. You too. Thank you. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Marano. Straight ahead.
0: The other side of midnight.